Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you into another week in our series, The Kingdom is Like. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our guest speaker, Pastor Tu Fu Tao. So today I have the privilege of sharing uh, from you all chapter, Matthew chapter 13, verses 44, And we are in a sermon series entitled, The Kingdom is Like. The Kingdom is Like. And uh, the verse that I'm sharing is, I'll just read it for you, it's very quick. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now as we begin, I want to ask you all a question And I actually want you to turn to a neighbor and have this discussion with them. What is the most expensive thing that you have ever found? Take a moment. Think back maybe to your childhood, right? What was the most expensive thing you ever found? Now, if you are with a family member, you probably are sick and tired of talking to that person. Go ahead, find someone else. Right, someone you haven't talked to in a couple of days. Um, if you don't know them, introduce yourself and share with them what is the most expensive thing that you have ever found. Uh, and uh, we'll get back together in about five minutes. Okay, go ahead, turn to a neighbor and share with them what is the most expensive thing you've ever found. What's the most expensive thing that you found? Family. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Definitely, especially if you have kids uh, looking at college. Oh my gosh. Uh, if you are joining us online, feel free to write that. You write your answer in the chat. Uh, anybody else? What's the most expensive thing you ever found? Anybody find like a $20 bill as a kid? $50 bill? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, that's actually what I found as a kid. I remember finding a $20 bill and thinking I was rich. Right? I was like, oh my goodness, $20. Uh, I don't have to work. I'm done. I'm set. <laughs> right? Um, but the really funny thing is, kids growing up nowadays, they don't really go and find things on the street. In fact, most kids growing up today, they're not out in the neighborhood walking around at all. Like, I know that because we only have one day designated a year where they're allowed to do that, and that's today. So happy Halloween, everyone. And, and where are all of our kids if they're not in the street, in the neighborhood and playing with the kids in the park? Well, they're actually all online, right? And uh, that's where they go to school. That's where they hang out with their friends. That's where they play games. Everything is virtual now. And even for us, a lot of us, we are starting to have these virtual lives. We actually have uh, avatars Right? And our avatars are found on Facebook, on Instagram, on whatever social media platform you're on. Maybe you have a YouTube channel. Maybe you have, um, I don't know, you play video games and you've got a character. Right? We all have these avatars. Right? And uh, the world that we live in is virtual, especially now. I mean, we're living in unprecedented times. And uh, you may be wondering, where's everybody in church? Well, there's a good number of us who are online, right? Some of us are streaming in. Some of us are not even in church because we're doing other things online, right? Catching up on social media or news feeds, whatever. But where are all all of the people? They're online. And where are their treasures? Their treasures are online. 
Now, if I were to ask you young people, I don't know how many young people are here, but what is the most amazing thing that you found online? You'd probably think of like a website or maybe like a life hack. Like there are so many valuable things that young people find online. Now, why do I share all of this about hidden treasures, both virtual and real? Because this actually changes the way that we understand this scripture. It changes the way as well how we understand life. Many of us, we still live in this paradigm where our treasures are something tangible, something that we can touch and see. But for many young people nowadays, church is not really that, you know, beneficial. It's not really that amazing for them because they're used to um, things being virtual, Their treasures are not in a place like this. You go ahead, touch your seat, touch the person next to you. Their treasures are not here. And they can actually look at us, you know, and they go, oh, this is not my treasure. I'd rather be playing a video game. I'd rather be on social media, TikTok, you know, Facebook, Instagram or something. Uh, And how we understand the scripture changes uh, how we understand our life how we understand the scripture and how we apply it to this moment, this unprecedented moment in history changes how we understand life. Now, this scripture may make sense to you and it makes sense to me, but to our young people and to the generation that will be coming after us, they will not understand this scripture for very simple reasons. Now, let me read this scripture again and I'll pray for us. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Let me pray for us. Father, I believe, Lord God, that uh, there is a treasure hidden uh, in a field, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you reveal to us both the field and the treasure, Lord, and reveal to us, God, who we are, Lord, in this moment. We thank you, Lord, for the church, for the things that you are doing in the church, for the things that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We pray that you would amplify Christ in all of us, Lord. And in this uh, body of believers, Lord, I, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's examine the scripture in light of this unprecedented moment in history. So why is it that young people, and even maybe many of our peers, why is it that we have such a hard time in understanding uh, the importance of the kingdom of heaven? So this passage says that the treasure is hidden in a field. Why is the treasure hidden in a field? I believe that the answer to this question reveals to us the things that we do not understand about this moment and about the the kingdom of heaven. See, young people, as they read this passage or they hear this passage, they hear treasure hidden in a field, and they don't understand that metaphor. Right? They may understand a field, like they've seen a picture of a field. They may have gone to a carnival and seen a field, but they don't understand what the field represents. Right? For them, ha- having lived in this avatar life, right, fields are not significant. Right? Fields are just pictures. They're pl- places that they don't go. But in this passage, right, a treasure hidden in a field is significant because a field 
is an ordinary, common appearance. It's something that you see every day. To the readers of this original passage, they would walk by fields every day. It's part of their everyday life. Now, young men and women, um, even us, we don't really go to fields. Right? Fields are empty places. We have no purpose to be in a field. If I found myself in a field this moment, I'd be like, okay, how do I get out of this field? Right? Um, but young people... Right? Even maybe some of us, we don't understand that the field is something that is ordinary and common. And that the, tre- that the treasure is hidden in the field means that there is something that is very precious hidden in the very ordinary things. And that this concept does not make sense to young people in another sense. Because for young people, the most precious treasures that you can find are virtual. Uh, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of us have found love online, right? They're the greatest treasures that many of us find are virtual. And for young people, they understand this fact. The treasures that they find are virtual. Many people have careers, full-blown careers that happen virtually. Young people understand this idea. Many of us understand this idea, right? Uh, the treasures for the kingdom of heaven are hidden in things that are familiar and common. Uh, Things that are ordinary are actually real treasures. Now, for those of us who are parents, how many times have this happened to you? You're getting ready to kiss your kid goodnight. You're getting ready to make or feed them food that you prepared, you've labored over, and they're playing a video game and they don't want to get up out of the chair. You're like, why are you still playing that game? You know, we've got dinner ready. Let me just kiss you goodnight. Let me read you a story. And they don't want to put down their phone. They don't want to put down whatever it is they're doing online. What young people do not understand is there is a treasure hidden in the ordinary. A faithful parent, mother, father, that is a treasure. And young people actually do not understand this. Because for them, the treasures that they are finding are hidden virtually. It's through their avatar. Uh, Here's another treasure that is hidden in plain sight, which many people, young people and old people, do not understand. Faithful ministers. Faithful ministers are hidden in plain sight. Right, maybe some of us showed up today for service and we just walked through the doors, we said hi to Tony, we you know, said hi to the couple people and they're just part of you know, the whole network that makes this church happen. You know, they're just like you know, props in our spiritual experience. But they are not just props, they are treasures. The things that Antoine does, he's done for me, you know, it's changed the trajectory of my ministry. And it's only been a couple of conversations, a couple of encouraging words, maybe a you know, text message here or there. Uh, and it has changed the trajectory of my ministry. Ministers are treasures, and they are hidden in very ordinary places. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, the people who are making sacrifices to make this happen, you know, uh, they are making tremendous sacrifices, tremendous sacrifices. It's time away from their family members, time away from their careers, time away from you know, having uh, a moment's rest. Uh, and that is very valuable, that is precious. 
This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It is hidden in present view. And it is a very ordinary thing. Uh, Antoine's been talking to me and he's been emphasizing this fact over and over that there are great things that appear ordinary. There are great things that appear ordinary. There are many of us who are great and uh, we just aren't Instagrammable, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we don't fit the profile, right? It's, if you posted it online, you might get a like or two, but it is fantastic, it is wonderful, it is great. It is disproportionately precious compared to the things that are around it. Now, I'm not trying to hate on the avatars and the social media, but I am pointing out that there are things that are so precious that we cannot see because we are lost in another world. We are lost in a moment that does not bear the weight of the greatness that, of the treasure that is in front of us. It is so wonderful, the treasure that God has put us. The, the hidden treasure of the kingdom of heaven is right before us and we cannot see it. Uh, how do I know that when uh, scripture talks about this treasure, that it is talking about the world? Well, actually, verse uh, uh, 38, Matthew 13, verse 38, it actually talks about uh, the field. And the field in this parable is defined as the world. The field is the world, and the good seed is the son of the kingdom, uh, sons of the kingdom. So the world that many people live in, as I have been sharing, is a virtual world. Now that's not it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but it's just the reality. But in the world that they live in, there is a treasure, and they can't see it because uh, they are blind to the greatness of the ordinary. My second point, my, and it's a question, all, all my points are questions today, is uh, why does this man who finds a tre- treasure sell it? So why does he sell all that he has to attain this treasure? Now as we examine this question, I believe that it will change our life. It changes the way that we approach a life. So, Imagine you found a treasure, right? And not just a $20 bill, but this treasure has the potential to be the thing that changes all of your life, right? It changes, it will become the most precious thing that you own. Now, this is not to say that um, if you find a treasure, if you find the treasure of the kingdom of heaven, that you have to actually purchase it. We know the scriptures tell us that we receive God by, by faith through grace, or by grace through faith, right? And uh, this treasure is free. But what what this means is that the treasure that we find, uh, we sell all that we have because it is so precious. It is so precious. And this is not to say it's expensive. It's precious. And there's a difference between expensive and precious, right? Uh, Let's say I find a pair of really nice shoes. They might be expensive. But my daughter, she's precious to me. My wife, she's precious. There's something about this treasure that when they discover it, they know it will alter their life, or this man knows that it will alter his life. And it is not just value, monetary value. It is of something of greater significance. And he looks at all that he has and he goes, oh, this, 
I would sell this easily, right? I would get rid of this just for that thing. Now, many of us have been in that situation in life. Um, maybe there was a health concern and a, a loved one was sick and knowing the medical system, we were like, oh my gosh, I can't afford that surgery. That's like five years worth of work for me, maybe more. I can't, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take it out on credit. I'm gonna sell everything I have. My child is so precious. My mother, she's so precious to me. Whatever it costs. Uh, and it is that idea that the thing that they found is so precious. Nothing that they hold on to means anything unless they have this thing. The kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom of heaven is so precious that we look at all that we have and we go, wow, all of this doesn't even matter. If I cannot have this, it doesn't matter to me. It is more precious than all that we could, um, we could produce, all of our talents. If we were to put it on a scale, the kingdom of heaven would far outweigh all that we gather together through the course of all of our lives. It would still outweigh that. Philippians 3, verse 7 to 8 says it like this, uh, and this is Paul speaking of God. Whatever gain I had, I count at lo- as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and catch this, and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I count all of it as rubbish compared to Christ. This doesn't even matter, I just want Jesus. It is more precious than all that we could do and all we could produce. That is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, many of us, we do not understand the, how precious the kingdom of heaven is because we have not looked at the cross. We have not understood the value of Jesus Christ, a perfect son, living a perfect life, giving himself up for us. Maybe we've heard it, but we have not understood it deep within our hearts. What, what is it about Jesus that makes it, him so precious to us? It is that he was perfect, he understood all, of the, all that was wrong with us, and he loved us still. As um, I'm pla- as I shared, I'm planning a church right now, and um, there are a lot of young people that come to my church. Uh, we planted near the university, and there is for these young people, the most important thing for them is their career and their romantic relationships. Right, their career and their romantic relationships. A lot like a lot, a lot of us here. Um, and I was talking to a young man about uh, Jesus Christ. And I said to him, you have to live boldly for Jesus because he loves you and he's died for you. And he said, Pastor, that sounds really great. I I do want to love Jesus, but I don't want to look, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my friends. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to look like a, a hypocrite. And I said to him, there's nothing that you can do to not be a hypocrite. We're all sinners, right? But you you understand the cost of Jesus loving you is far greater than the cost that you will ever pay of loving Jesus. He is so much more precious. And when you understand that it was an unfair trade that he gave his life for you, you cannot help but 
but uh, be so thankful. And he paused and he thought for a second. He goes, you know what? That actually makes me think about when I was a kid. This is a young man saying, he's like, my mom used to kiss me before I went to school. Right? She would kiss me every morning before I went to school. And I was so embarrassed about her kissing me because I didn't want to look like you know, I was a little kid. But now I think back about it and I'm like, I'm embarrassed at myself for being embarrassed because my mom loved me so much. And I was like, that's exactly it. In this moment, you do not understand how much Jesus loves you. But there will be a moment where you will look back at this and you'll say, wow, I should not have been embarrassed by Jesus Christ. I should not have been embarrassed by Jesus Christ. Here is uh, my last question. I'll close with this as we examine this passage. Uh, And I'm hoping that this shows you how this passage has an impact on this this, uh, present moment. What is the treasure in this story? What is the treasure in this story? So there's a man, he finds a treasure hidden in a field, right? We've discussed the field. We've said the field is the very ordinary, common things of this world. Um, We've talked about selling all of his possessions. And the last question I have for us is, what is the treasure? Now, this changes the whole story. Uh, I've heard this parable many times as a believer, and I've actually preached on it a couple times. I used to preach this story, uh, this parable, and say that the treasure was Jesus Christ. (coughs) That if we find Jesus, he is a treasure that we sell all things to possess. And I think there's some truth to that, uh, but recently as I've been reflecting on this, I, I, my theology has been changing. So what is this treasure? Is it <coughs> gold? Excuse me, let me get some more here. Is it perhaps youth? Now, is it God? Is God the treasure that a man finds in a field? I think it possibly could be these things, but it doesn't make sense. So for many of us, we live for gold, right? We live for you know, our careers, for stability, for security. It could be youth, right? So sometimes people come to church because they are promised eternal life, and we go, oh wow, that sounds like a great deal. So you're telling me I just gotta go to church every Sunday and then I get eternal life? Oh, that sounds like I'm, I'm down, right? Uh, could it be God? Could the, the, the treasure be God? I think that is possible, and that's what I thought for much of my life, that it was God, that you know, having discovered Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that uh, I had found real treasure, and I, I very readily gave up my career, gave up my time, uh, and rightfully so. But most recently, as I've been reflecting on this passage, I realize that my perspective may be skewed. My, my perspective is skewed here because I am reading it as if I were the man in a field. I was, I'm seeing this story and I go, oh, wait a minute. I'm in a field, I find this treasure, I dig it up, and it is very precious. But when you read this story in light of Scripture, what you discover is that the field has always been there and so has the man. When he found uh, this treasure, he gave all that he had. 
he gave all that he had. And uh, I went back and read Hebrews 12.2, and it, ch- it changed the way that I saw this. 12, Hebrews 12.2 says, For the joy set before him, for him, he endured the cross. He gave all that he had to purchase our life. This is the, the gospel, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The gospel is that God created all things. He created man and woman. He created uh, the animals and the, the vegetation and the field. And man sinned and he fell away. And then God cursed man and said, by the sweat of your brows you will work the fields. And it is in that very field that God has gone back to find this man. And what did he pay for this man? He paid his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and he gave him all, sold all that he had to purchase you and I. The gospel is that you are God's treasure. The gospel is that Jesus Christ came to give his life, to be paid as a ransom for your sin. He did not die so that we could be rich Christians. He did not die so that we could be Christians that live forever. He died so that God could have you. You are God's precious thing. You are the thing that when he looks at, he goes, oh, I will sell all that I have to obtain that person. The, the, the very sad thing for me is in this moment, many young people, as they are living for the treasures in this virtual pretend world that they have created, they do not see the real treasures right before them. And in that same way, you and I, we live for things in this present world, not understanding that there is another world, another kingdom. And in this kingdom, there is a father who loves us, who wants for us to be restored in our relationship with him. And he is wanting that we receive his love. There's more to this. So not only are you the treasure, not only are you the precious thing, but everyone else, all the people around us in this church and not in this church, in our neighborhoods, you know, they are the precious thing that God died for. It is too self-centered for us to be the only treasure, to be the only precious thing. Every single day as we go through, go to work, go to uh, classes for some of us, uh, we are walking past treasures and they are hidden to the world. They don't fit the social media profile, right? They're not doctored and, you know, they don't look perfect. They're not avatars, Right, but they are treasures. They are precious. And God is calling us to go search, dig up, sell our possessions to obtain those things. Sell all that we have that he might show Christ's love through us. As Jesus was getting ready to ascend to heaven, uh, he called all his disciples together and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe 
all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We might have Jesus in this moment. We might know that we are precious and loved in his sight, but there are many others who are surviving, just surviving day to day. They're beaten down by this pandemic. They are afraid for their life, for their children's lives, for their parents. Even something so simple as going to school or coming to church, they are afraid to do. And we have this hope. Can we pray in this moment that we could show them the hope that they are precious in Jesus' eyes? They are loved. Let me, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us your son, that he loves us, that he finds us so precious, that he has given all things, he's given his very life for us. We, we rejoice in that. We pray also, Lord, that you would use us, Lord, to show those around us who are hurting, who are lost, and who are seeking. Help us, Lord Father, to be a light to them. Help us, Lord God, to love and care for them as well. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us this privilege, Lord, to know truth. Help us, God, to open the blind eyes around us. Help us, God, to speak life and love into our neighbors and to our friends and our family members. We thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A message from Pastor Tufu in our series, The Kingdom is Like. What is the treasure that's hidden in a field? It's you and it's me. We are God's treasure. Now, if you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word give to 704-741-3705. And if you're anywhere near Charlotte or the surrounding areas, come on by and visit us here at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, the whole The Kingdom is Like series right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast.